Welcome to Digital Families Podcast. I'm Leonie Smith, sometimes known as the Cyber Safety Lady. I'm a cyber safety educator and this podcast is all about learning how to use the digital technology in our homes with more safety and balance. My guest today is Martine Oglethorpe from The Modern Parent. Martine is a mother to five boys with a background in secondary education and a master's in counselling. Through her personal and professional work with families raising children, she recognises the important role technology plays in the lives of young people today and thus the role we can play in not only their safety but their social and emotional well-being. Martine has a passionate interest in helping families to safely navigate the modern world of parenting in a way that offers understanding as well as practical and realistic strategies. She's a trusted e-safety provider with the Office of the e-safety Commission, as I am as well, and has presented to numerous parent groups, schools and teachers around Australia. Martine, welcome to the Digital Families podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Leonie. Good to be here. You're very welcome. Martine, tell us a little bit about your background. What led you to be involved in cyber safety and launching The Modern Parent? Yeah, well, as I said, um, I did have a background in teaching and then I went on to do my, my master's in counselling and um, that was many years later. And I guess what I was finding was um, even back then, you know, that was 10 years ago that I started doing some, some counselling work with youth and, and I was already finding back then that there were big, I don't know, big divides between what parents understood of this world and what their children were was still really brought into. And, and it was causing a lot of a lot of friction within homes and 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 yeah, that real divide that I, I could see. And I knew that this was going to play a big role in families' lives, the, you know, the technology, and it was obviously mm -hmm. going to continue to, you know, immerse us all. And also having kids of my own, I knew this was something that I, I was going to have to, you know, find a little bit about. And um, and I did my big, um, you know, my major assessment in my, my master's on, on cyberbullying and, and online behaviours. So it was always something that I was really interested in. And then, as I, as I said, as I began working with families, I realised that this was something that... I felt families needed a lot of help with. I felt that we wanted to try and um, and look at this from the perspective of our children because we did, you know, we, we thrust this world upon them and then sometimes we have, you know, the uh, the feeling that we can throw our hands in the air and say, oh, it's all too hard, I don't, don't want to deal with it. And yeah. um, this is the only world our children have known. So, uh, I'm, you know, I just think it's so important that we as as parents um, and families really do what we can to learn about this world and 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 and, and do it from a, a perspective of what it's like to be a child growing up today so that we can you know not only help them face the challenges and keep them safe and all of those sorts of things but also so we can help them you know go on and thrive in this world and get the benefits um you know that it has to offer so really that's where um you know my work started and, and then from there i started working with schools and and uh, and parent groups and um, and then now students to try and um, and help them really I guess from more of a, a well-being perspective as well as a safety perspective um, and 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 their everyday interactions with the online world and how we can make that a benefit to them and, and how they use it as well yeah and you've really stressed the importance of the emotional well-being of it and um, I'm sure the positive side of it, because too, far too often we're hearing a lot of negativity around the online world. And um, 
I can recall myself, you know, embracing the online world well over 20 years ago now. And I was so excited about that and the, the positivity in that, being able to communicate and connect with other communities. So when you're talking to parents and students, what are some of the things that you try to highlight in that? To, because you know, as I do, a lot of parents will come to our talks and they're terrified. They're like sort of deers in the headlights and you can see them sitting there going, oh my God, what am I going to hear? So when you're, when you're talking to parents, particularly about uh, students' wellbeing online and, and trying to show them how wonderful it is, what are some of the, the, the factors that you bring up and that you've seen yourself um, to encourage parents to look about on technology um, in a little bit more of a positive light, I guess? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it is really important that we don't look at anything as black and white. You know, there's not, you know, there's good and bad in everything, but there's a whole whole shades of grey in, in, in the middle as well. And so I guess I want to bring to, to parents the perspective of, I want to firstly empower them to feel like they can have some control in this world because I think they often come to these, you know, these uh, presentations and talks thinking it's going to be so scary, as you said, and um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to manage all of this and maybe if I just easy, if I just shut it all down and take it away and then we don't have to deal with it and the longer I can keep them away from it, the better and all of those sorts of ideals. And, and I guess from my perspective, I've always felt that if we if we don't have an understanding of how something works or if we see it as inherently inherently bad um, then it's going to be really tough for us to help our children in this space if we um, if we see it as something that we're trying to you know to protect them from and and um, and and not show them any of it then you know I think we're going to be you know in a really hard place not only to um, you know prevent them from getting into trouble there but also to prevent them from seeing all of the positive things that they will be able to do and I I guess I just want to stress to parents that um, it is a very it's very complex and very nuanced you know world that we're living in and there certainly is good and bad to it. And, and I think one of the, the, the things that I've noticed about this, um, this time um, and, and our immersion really with the screens even more than ever is that we are being forced to look at, I guess, screen time in a different way. We are being forced a little bit to change some of that rhetoric around screen time because we are using it all of the time. And, and I've felt in the past that it's often, screen time is often seen as a bad thing or something that we have to control or, or it's you know, something we don't want too much of and it's always sort of been spoken about in the negative. And I guess what we need to be doing and hopefully what's some of the outcome of this time is that there are so many ways that we use technology and there are so many ways that it can help us and there are so many ways that it can hinder us. There are so many things that it can do, but so many things that it can't do. And so I guess I want parents to really um, try and look at it as, as something that it's not inherently good or bad. It's just something that we, we now are so, it's so intricately woven into our lives, but it's something that we have to look at. Well, how can I help help my family get the very best that it has to offer and get all of the, you know, there's obviously we're seeing it, you know, today we're using it for education and learning and our work and now we're having to, you know, use it for connection and socialisation because that's all we've got at the moment and we're also using it for entertainment and downtime because a lot of that has been taken away from kids as well. So we're seeing, you know, a lot of these, these ways that it's being used in ways for positive but I think it's also important that we look at it as something that it's just now part of our life so how can we make sure that we're 
um, using it well, behaving on it well, maintaining some control over our own use and, um, and really looking at it as, as something that's just not this thing that's screen time that's good or bad. You know, there's, there's so many other things about screen time that we need to, to be looking at. And, um, and so, and I guess that often comes up when I talk to people about you know, how much screen time should my child have? You know, that's mm, often one. They always of, want a number, don't they? It's like, just give me a number because that, yeah. that makes it simple. And it's not simple, is it, Martine? It's not simple. And you would know yourself that's often a question that, that we get. Well, how much screen time should my six-year-old have as opposed to my eight-year-old, as opposed to my 14-year-old? And, mm. and I think what we've found, particularly at this time, that those sorts of, you know, notions of hours and minutes are, are pretty much going out the window for a lot of us because... Well, my kids already had a few hours on the screens because they've had to do their schoolwork. Um, but also I'm going to be allowing them to have some downtime as well. And, you know, one of them's got a Zoom party this afternoon with her friend, um, you know, who's having a, um, his friend who's having a little party. So there, there's going to be other ways that they're using the screens that are probably outside the parameters that we would usually have wanted in terms of hours. But I think we need to look at, at some of the more important questions to ask when it comes to screen time. So not just how much um, time. Um, and obviously I'm not saying that we can, they have carte blanche and can have it as long as they want, but um, we still certainly want to have boundaries around it. But I think looking at some of the more important questions about what are they doing on the screens? You know, mm. what, is, what is it that they're doing? So for somebody, for example, to say, well, you know, you've got half an hour on YouTube, go for it. You know, half an hour on YouTube can be spent in vastly different ways, um, you know, mm. and we could be, you know, Maybe they're researching something. Maybe they're looking up how to, you know, create the best paper aeroplane to go and fly with their baby brother. Or maybe they're watching pornography or violence or something completely inappropriate, you know. So we really we have, have to not. look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not. And we certainly hope we're doing what we can to um, prevent those, that sort of thing. But I, I guess just making the point that there's vastly different uses of, of, of anything. If we're consuming content, again, that is that can be done differently, but there's, it's also very different to creating content or creating something, a, a movie or a song on GarageBand. So you know, let, me ask you the, let me ask you this, Martine. Um, if you have a client or a mum, mum or dad that comes to you and say, who basically says, I'm really overwhelmed at the moment because, and, and I'm hearing this, um, I'm very overwhelmed at the moment. I'm trying to work from home. My husband's trying to work from home. I can't keep an eye on all the kids in the house and what they're individually doing or even keep track of, of how much screen time they're on. But I feel like it's too much. Just give me a first step. How, where do I start? Because what I find um, a lot from parents is that they, if they're sort of given a general um, advice, it, it doesn't it doesn't help them as much as, as knowing where to start. So if you were counselling a family who were in that situation, for instance, how would they t first take that first step to being able to have some semblance of awareness about what's going on and to start making things seem more manageable? Yeah. Well, I guess, as I said, firstly, we want to be looking at what, what their child is doing on the screen, so why they're, you know, what, what their concerns then are going to be. But it's also going to obviously depend on the child's age, um, which is why when it comes to, you know, viewing content and things like that, for a parent, I would always, um, for your younger children, if, if they're having downtime and they're just wanting to, you know, watch something or, um, or scroll something, it's always, you know, I always advise that, that those younger years, we should be trying to set up um, places that are curated, so curated content rather than just, you know, handing over a screen and then saying, here, you know, go for it and, and watch 
what so, you like. Regardless. So what you're saying is um, something that's got uh, parental controls on it, for instance, so that they're not just watching the open version of, of YouTube that's for adults, but maybe YouTube kids with some parental controls or something like that. Yeah, so certainly making sure for those, for those younger years particularly that We've gone and we've, you know, we've, we've done our due diligence in looking at some settings and how we can set up, you know, edit safely as we possibly can. But I think for those really younger kids, we really don't even need them scrolling through things like YouTube or viewing stuff, you know, on, on a YouTube or possibly even a YouTube kid, unless we've gone in and, and again, looked at those settings or possibly curated um, some feeds for them. So, you know, things like, um, you know, we can go in and make a channel for our children. That, that That's all that gets played. And we know that, that what's on there is, you know, is going to be safe for them, but also sticking to those other um, you know, channels and, and platforms like ABC Kids and ABC Me and, you know, Foxtel Kids, whatever it is, where those those um, sites are curated. So the content that is on there, as you know, is something that has been viewed and made for kids and put up there knowing it's for kids. Um, when we have our site platforms like YouTube and even YouTube Kids, a lot of that stuff is, is, you know, we can put up whatever we want online and then somebody might view it, decide it's not right, then it gets reported, then it gets taken down. So it can be a long time before this stuff gets taken down. So I think it's important that for little kids, we don't need them to have to make some of those decisions themselves over what is going to be good for me and what is not because they simply don't have that brain development to do that. So mm. we don't want to be putting our, our young kids in situations where they have to decide on what is good for them because that, that still has to be our role because um, that's simply not something that they're capable of. So when it comes to them viewing content or, or spending time on screens, when they're young, we really do have to be playing a major role in that and, and what they're seeing, what they're doing, who could possibly be connecting with them, all of those sorts of things. So um, my advice is to pay very close attention when they're little um, and make sure anything that they, they are doing, whether they're chatting with people or whatever, that, you know, it's something we have set up that we have control over and all those sorts of things. Because then as they get older, we, again, we are going to be, you know, leaving them to a little bit more to their own devices. They're not going to have us sitting next to them or setting everything up for them and all those sorts of things. And that's when we want to start, you know, teaching them, I guess, some of those critical thinking skills about the sorts of content they're consuming and what's good for them and what's healthy. And, and these are things that are kind of hard as well because it's not always easy for adults to decide what content is good for them. And, um, you know, we can be scrolling for a long time and, and you know, be not realizing that this may be not very healthy for me or or may not even be true or it may not be relevant and all those sorts of things and and so I think one of the things I was um, talking to a friend about recently was this time when when we're are at home with our kids and and we might be helping them with some schoolwork and we might be doing some things um, that we're more engaged I guess in some of their their online stuff that it can be a good time for us to start teaching some of those skills that they're going to need and that critical thinking about what sort of things that they're consuming because as I say once once you know they're a little bit older we can't be sitting there managing everything that they see and we can't be managing every device that they use we don't know what they see when they eventually get back onto buses or schoolmates and all those sorts of things so we do want them to start being a little bit critical about the things that they're consuming themselves so for example if we're um, if they're doing a school project even with my little ones now I've started to just ask a few questions about the things that they're seeing and reading and and, um, and consuming so that they start to think you know well maybe everything online is not true or not relevant to me or not real and and so we will do things like you know we we're looking up um, a subject that, that they're researching 
And so I ask questions like, oh, how do we know that, that that's true? You know, do we think we should maybe find something else to back that up? Or um, what's some of the language that's used that tells us that maybe this is an advertisement or an opinion and not the truth? And, yeah. and all of those sorts of questions. And, um, and it just starts um, them thinking that, well, maybe I have to start being a little bit more critical about the things that are out there and, and alerts them to the fact that, not everybody, um, you know, is saying things that are that are true and real. Not everyone is saying things that are, are good for me and that have my best interests at heart. Um, and so it is just good to start, you know, using some of these times while we are at home and maybe um, you know, helping them with some of this stuff to start asking those questions. So it's certainly obviously very different for um, for different age groups. But um, I think, you know, we have and to... And different personalities just as well, Martine, that, you know, that's... I mean, you've got five children. <laughs> I bet they all are quite different. And I've got four. They're not children anymore. But, I mean, they are all very, very different in how they handle technology. So um, there, are, I, I do hear from some parents sometimes who are thinking ahead and they often have certain expectations or ideas of what's going to happen when kids are teenagers. And I have to say to them, hey, they're all different. They're not all yeah. going to be having the same approach to technology. And my second part of that question that I was asking you before is if you do feel that it's all out of control with the amount of time that children are spending online, and of course we're very limited in, and particularly some families are very limited in that downtime off screens. They may be living in a, a unit. They may be living in, a, in an area which doesn't have a great playground nearby. What kind of advice could you give to parents about trying to balance the actual screen time, even without giving them a, a, a strict number? Yeah, look, I think a lot of this, yeah, a lot of this stuff comes back to I, I, what I call trying to build this culture of balance in your home, so that we know that that screens are going to always play a role. But I think, and this is why, what I stress for parents of young kids to really start early with this idea that. Um, there, the screens are a one way that they get informed, that they um, are entertained and that they socialise and all of those sorts of things. But it's only, it's only one way. And so we have to be always building this into our children that there are lots of other ways that we need to connect with people, that we need to learn things, that we need to do things, that we need to find information. And so it also means that then there's going to be a lot of times when we are encouraging a whole range of other activities that happen in the home. And again, if this is something that's being done, you know, a lot, if it's, you know, we often will go out for, for a walk or we'll take the dog for a walk or we go and kick a ball or we shoot some hoops or we, we have all these things in our, in our lifestyle that are just things that the family does and just things that um, become part of our everyday so that the screens don't, take over um, mm. and I think it's also you know again it just comes down to having that conversation as to why that's important you know and so we don't want to I always say to parents you know try not to come from the stance that technology is the bad guy so this is something that you know you've been on it this long we've got to shut it down you're gonna this is gonna happen and all this sort of stuff I think it has to be from the perspective of I get that you like this and I know why you know this is fun and it's easy and it's answers a lot of our perceived needs but it does, yeah. doesn't answer all of our needs obviously we need to get mm. it from a range of different places so when I want to when I want you to to get off the the game or whatever it is it's not because I want to ruin all of your fun and it's not because you know <laughs> I'm just 
I'm just nasty. It's it's because I know there are a whole lot of other things that you need to fit into your day, um, you know, to to grow and learn and be healthy. Um, and just like, um, you know, as Jocelyn Brill talks about the digital nutrition, how we need lots of you know different foods in our diet and 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 the amounts of food all count. You know, it's the same with our with our technology. You know, we we want to make sure that they're getting a whole range of experiences, but we also yeah. want to make sure you know it, it's balanced with other and I, things. And I like what you're saying about keeping that keeping that going and, and because what I've seen with a lot of families over the time I've been doing this is sometimes that parents will get very reliant on the technology almost you know you get hear that term as a, a sort of a digital babysitter because it does give them a bit of doubt the parent a bit of down to, uh, downtime and what can happen is that the kids forget how to do all the other stuff whether it's jumping on a trampoline or playing with the dog or whatever they lose interest in all of that and i have had parents say to me i can't get my my child to participate in these other activities with me anymore they create they create a huge um, tantrum when i try and take them out of the house or do i'm stuck what do i do what would your advice be to parents who might feel that they're in that similar situation where everything that they're trying to distract a child um, or not even distract, but get a child more actively engaged in other things, doesn't seem to be working. And it's got to the point now where the, the parent may even be afraid of the child because of the way they're reacting any time the parent tries to get them engaged in other activities. Yeah. And look, I guess, but firstly, you know, I will say that parents do have to work harder at this today than they would have, you know, maybe in other times. Uh, you know, I wasn't a parent in other times, so I don't know. But I do mm. think... These devices and these, these, um, you know, these, the screens, they all, you know, they, they certainly play a big role, but they certainly um, are easy because they do entertain and they do socialise and they connect mm. and they, there is no end to them. You know, there's, there's no, um, you know, we don't get to the end of our Facebook feed and we get a line saying enough that's all done got on with your day you know a child <laughs> I, do, of, I get that on instagram know. martine it says you've all caught up <laughs> like yeah, yeah. okay but maybe i missed something again. yesterday i want to go around again <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like um if you're playing a game there's always another level to get to or there's mm. always you know if you're on minecraft another room to build or or if you're playing Fortnite, there's just one more round to go i'll just try one more time because i've got yeah. so this time so it is difficult for our kids to naturally want to just yeah, they're designed that way to keep them on absolutely. you know playing and on the device aren't they absolutely but this is i think what parents have to understand what what they're battling with and also just bring it back to themselves as well and look at uh, the things that they have difficulty with which is again you know stop scrolling when you don't need to anymore and and um and you know we know that we've all been caught down that rabbit hole and I'm like gosh have I just been doing this for you know that long so we know that our brains like this stuff we know that it's difficult for us to naturally put down so it's even more difficult for a child who doesn't yeah. have you know the cognitive ability to know always that there's a whole lot of other things that they need to be doing with their time yeah. And there's a whole lot of other things that um, that they need for their development. So I think as parents, we still have to be the parent in this situation because it can be very easy for us to hand them over. And that's not to say if you need to, you know, make the cheese sauce that you want to do that uninterrupted, then you can, you know, put little Johnny on his device for a bit so you can get something done. Or if you've mm. got to, you know, make a, a, a conference call and you need quiet and you know that they'll be quiet if they're on the device, then, then that's okay too. But I think on the whole, we have to look at, at, at maintaining that control, not only just for us, but to 
to get them to be able to regulate their behaviors as well they're going to have to have those times when they're told no not not now you know it, it's been enough and um and it's because of all of these these reasons that we've spoken about but i i understand that it gets very difficult when that hasn't been what has happened in the past so and how do you turn it around this is why I'm, well, this is why <laughs> how do you turn it around so you know, going if you're in a situation as a parent and you're now scared of, of the reaction of your child it may not be violent it might be that you just don't you can't manage that that reaction what do you say to parents who who are in that because i know there's a lot of parents out there at the moment dealing with exactly this thing what do they do in within the confines of their home at the moment which which is very difficult to escape from to try and and, and bring things back to a normal balance and and have their child not you know um, arcing up every time they're, yeah. they're asked to 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 do something else yeah and this is this is really tricky so i'm not going to pretend that i've got all of the answers here because every individual child is very different and yes and every family situation i guess from my point of view i would ask that a parent have the conversation with their child at a time away from the screens to start with um, you know if a child's in the middle of playing a game that's not the time to have the conversation about their screen time use and or abuse yeah, or pick your moment mm. pick your moment when when you know that you're going to get something a little bit more responsive out of them that is not when they're in the middle of a game or when you've yeah. just booted them off and they're angry and, and cross at you um, okay. so trying to pick those moments to talk about I understand, you know, that this is something that you're enjoying doing, that there's a lot of things being taken away from you at the moment. And I know that this is filling a void for a lot of a lot of kids because, no, they don't have their, their football training or their friends to see or all of those yeah. other things that may have filled time. Mm. So on that too, I will also stress that let's not think that just because they're using it more that they're necessarily problematic. Um, you know, hopefully, I'm quite hopeful that with most kids that are using, even though they're using a lot more now, I am hopeful that when things go back to whatever normal is going to be, um, that, you know, back to their, their school friends and their, their trainings and all of that, that, that they, those are things that they will naturally go back to and hopefully maybe even be more excited to get back to. And so that this, the, the, the screen time use that they're using now is, is hopefully not going to be continued. Um, but that's not to say that, that it, it won't will for everyone. And I know that there are people now having real trouble with this and, and feeling like that this is all, you know, that their kids are getting angry at them and aggressive and things like that. Um, so again, it's, yeah, trying to have the conversation with them and trying just to peel back that time a little, you know, we know that they're not going to go cold turkey and we're certainly not going to expect them to. Um, so trying just to have that conversation, you know, how about we just try it that you, um, and, and as I don't usually like to, talking numbers or hours but i think when we're having real trouble and when it's become problematic and when they're mm. becoming aggressive or not coming to the dinner table or not wanting to go to bed and when when we're getting into those real problematic behaviors then um it, it's a matter of trying to just trying to pair it back a, a bit for them and to say can we just you know let's just try and um, have a little bit less and um so that you know that we can try and just maintain some control over it so that you can get get out and do all the other things you need. You know, there's some other things that our kids really need for their development and it's trying to get that across to them, I guess, that, you know, you need to get outside, you need fresh air, you know, yeah. you need to, to be active. We need time to just be chilling out and just not And I think it's really important to make the transition from the screen something that's um, 
fun and ple pleasurable. Just telling a child to remove themselves from a screen without going to something that's um, a good thing <laughs> is is much harder, Martine. You know, so and and I think yeah. for a lot of parents that that transition into something. Um, that will be a lot more fun is is become is become quite narrow at the moment. Um, I, I have been reading quite a bit um, recently about the mental health effects of all of this as well. And you were saying before about you know how important it is for children to be able to connect with their friends on um, the technology, which is amazing that we've got that in this particular time. Is there anything that you could possibly um, highlight that parents should be aware of um, maybe some signs that they should keep an eye on if they if they're concerned that their child is really suffering or really struggling from that social isolation um, what are the sorts of things that parents need to look out for as far as you know concerns about a child's mental health what sort of behaviors yeah well i guess you know as again every child is going to is different and could display this in very different ways but i think when we see um a real change you know any any major changes to our kids behavioral moods and that can can be an indication that something's not great and that's difficult at the moment too because you know we we all have had major changes going in our lives and um, for kids they as I said they're missing out on things that they once enjoyed so that can affect their mood and and mm. kids maybe you know to be really really active even that not getting that can be you know can affect their mood and things but I think it's just a matter of trying to stay connected with your kid um, by you know just regular regular touch points regular touching in just saying you know how are we doing um, you know what are some of the things that you know, is there anything I can I can help you with? Is there anything that you're noticing about your mates online? Because sometimes when I talk about to my kids about what their mates are doing or what they're noticing in other people, it can be a really good segue into um, what kids in general are feeling, and therefore maybe mm. can give you some how they so feel. So you're taking about the that. you're taking the attention off them and their feelings, yeah. and getting them to open up about what they're noticing with other ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a sort of a deflection, isn't it? So that it's not so confronting for them. Yeah, because a child sometimes, you know, if I was to walk into my sixteen-year-old and say, you know, "Is everything good? Are you feeling well? How's your mental?" <laughs> yeah. Go away, mum. About <laughs> I'm really good at listening. You know, it's, 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 um, but sometimes it's just more of a, oh, you know, have, how's everyone going? How's your and I'll just ask how they, how his mates are going. How's such and such going? Oh, he must yeah. be struggling. Just about yeah. to back after injury how is that affecting him and then it just mm. is a way of us just to talk about some things that in general young people are feeling and so we can sort of have those things oh i hope he knows that you know this is not the long term and you know it's, it's just trying to i guess sometimes yeah as you say deflect some of those conversations from being really confronted because they can shut down and um and also it is important to look out if that you know, different kids will respond differently. So maybe your child will, will completely shut down and that doesn't necessarily mean anything or, or it may mean something. It's, it's, it's yeah. tricky, but I think trying to have those regular check-ins and, and I, I guess at this time, always having that time when the family does come together, no matter what you're all doing during the day, um, I still think having those regular rituals and routines, you know, are, are really important. So even if it's coming together at the dinner table, maybe now we can do it at lunch times because um, we are all at home and just having those regular, I guess, touch points during the day that we're just, just checking in or just even to have a, a break from whatever's going on with their schoolwork or their online stuff and, 
and, you know, have a conversation about other things. And um, I think, you know, that can be because there's so much uncertainty for kids at the moment and mm. we're all for all of us. And we don't necessarily have all of the answers for our kids. At the yeah. Moment. So and I it think might be, provide... it might be at this stage that school goes back for a little while and then it stops again. We can't, and that would yeah. be, that's a good thing for kids to catch up with each other. But I also think that um, if the schools then shut down again, that's also going to be like a second trauma for them that they've had that sort of, experience because what I'm hearing from from um, some kids um, is that they they never thought they'd be happy to go to school and now they're in a situation where they can't they're desperate to go back yeah and you know actually on that learning that it, it's for me I, I'm, I'm, I am somewhat of an optimistic person so I guess one of my my hopes for this time is that we have used this technology a lot recently and we've realized that there is lots of things that it can do for us. Yes, it's allowing us to work at home, learn at home, connect mm. with our friends when we, when we otherwise couldn't. It's able to entertain us and fill some voids of, of other ways we would usually be entertained. So it's, it's doing a lot. But I think what we're also seeing and what I know many kids are seeing is that it's not the answer to everything. And mm. realising mm. now that, you know, I know, I categorically know my kids, uh, even though they have had um, online fitness um, competitions with, his, you know, the 16 year old with his mates and they're, you know, they clock their kilometres that they do and they have a chat about it and all of that. I, I absolutely know that he would do anything to go back and have a footy training session with, with those mates in real life. And I know that yeah. that will be something that he's really missing and will look forward to and I also know through conversation with a lot of teenagers that they are looking forward to going back to school they are missing that that mm. camaraderie with their mates sitting in classroom having someone next to you is very different to have to looking at a screen and and oh, even yeah. for ourselves you know, we know we, we have our zoom parties and we have our friday night drinks with the mates but we also know that it's it's nothing compared to really hanging out with our mates in the one room, you know, all of those things, I think we're also realising that the technology can't do for us. So I'm also hopeful that, that we will start to realise that um, whilst there's, there's lots of great things about it, there's, there's things about it that it can't do. And those, um, and hopefully we can take that with us that, you know, we want to build, build a whole lot of other experiences into our lives because we know that, you know, whilst the tech is great and it has answered a lot of our needs, it's certainly not answering all of them. Yeah. You get a new appreciation for it and, and kids have never had an experience like none of us have ever had an experience like this before. So it's a new appreciation of what tech can do and what it can't do. Now, um, Martine, you have a book. It's a, is it a relatively new book, The Modern Parent? Very new book. It's actually just being released this week. So this is it. It is. Show and tell. The Modern Parent, um, apt, aptly named. Tell me how that came about. Yeah, thanks. So the book um, obviously came about from my years of writing on my blog and, and writing to parents about the digital world. Um, but I wanted to write a book too that, I guess, coming from an education and counselling background, um, my focus has always been on the well-being of, of not only children, but of parents as well and, and how the family you know, functions, as, functions as a whole and how we can... I guess use all of those um, our values and our parenting in in a new world that you know is is very new to us, but obviously the only world our children has known. So, the book I guess focuses on giving parents some understanding and perspective about what their children face, 
so that they can look at it from from that perspective but also so they can maybe challenge their mindset a little bit there are at the end of each chapter i have some questions to ponder for parents um, um, about that that maybe they hadn't thought about things before but also some discussion questions to have with their children about all sorts of different topics that come up and um, and so it's really a book that um, I don't go into the details of all of the apps that are out there or all of the settings and all of those sorts of things um, obviously that you know I can bring that stuff on my website and and people like yourself and um, and Tricia who are the, the settings experts I like to send people <laughs> your way thank you that's your and um and you know and that, that's certainly important because the safety is is paramount but i guess in, in terms of the book i wanted it to be a book that just reassures and, and empowers parents that you need to have an understanding of this world you need to have an understanding of of how how the technology works and the things that it's capable of um but you can also use that knowledge to to empower yourself to have greater connection with your child to have better discussions with them about what they're doing um, and and to try and, and help them not only avoid the pitfalls and the challenges and all of that but also to try and embrace some of the, the good stuff as well and and then also just try and help you keep a balance and 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 manage the screens in the home and all of those sorts of things so um, it, it really you know I hope that it's a book that is is evergreen I don't want it to be something that just is relevant now and then there's a whole range of different apps and ways technology works later that it's no longer useful it's more of a I guess a general parenting book but that happens in the digital world so how can we transport all of those parenting skills and values and things that we hold dear into a, a world that, that we probably didn't know a lot about and um, how can we, you know, upskill ourselves in that, but, but relying on some of those, you know, what, what we already have as well. Sounds fantastic. Where can people get hold of a copy? So they can go to my website, themodernparent.net, and it's on sale there as hardcover or as PDF, and they can also buy it through, um, through Amazon and, and get it as hardcover or Kindle or, or whatever their preference is. Fantastic. Thanks for being our guest today, or my guest. I say our in, in the royal we. <laughs> Me and my cat is trying to get in the door right now. Um, um, it's been brilliant talking to you and I love your perspective on, on all of this because it's, it's always interesting talking to people that work in, generally in a similar space but work in a different, different way from different backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. It's all incredibly valuable uh, to parents, particularly at this, this time when it's, very, it's just so much more difficult for parents as well. Is there anything else, Martine, that you think is important for parents to know at this stage before we sign off? Um, look, I think just at this stage is to um, really, I think for parents, be realistic about some of your expectations right now. Um, again, try and um, do what works for you and your family and your individual children. You know your children, you know what's, you know, what's going to be helpful for them and what's not. But I think, I think yeah, just trying to, to maybe even cut yourself a little bit of slack at this time if it's something you're really struggling with. Um, but I think also... Yeah, looking at looking at your individual kids, how they're coping, checking in with them regularly, um, and yeah, just trying to uh, trying to you know maintain those connections because I think you know our connections with our kids are certainly the most important connection of all. That is so, the most important. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So I just, I just um, yeah, just back to enjoying some of this family time as well as much as you can, and um, and trying to yeah build in some things that you might take with you going forward that are going to be positives out of this because you are also setting the tone, the emotional tone of your household, like it or not, but often parents are. So try and making it you know, as positive, positive as we can 
um, despite you know many challenges, but just to to try and give our kids something to to you know work with going forward. Fantastic, Martine. Thank you for being um, my guest today on Digital Families. Thanks everyone for listening to Digital Families podcast. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review um, on iTunes or your favourite podcast app, whatever you're listening to. Um, I'd love to hear what you think. Maybe you've got some suggestions for a potential guest or some ideas of which direction to go in. Tune in again next week for our next chat about all things digital and how it affects families. Thank mm-hmm. you.